G'day. Welcome to SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber, and every two weeks we talk search engine optimization with the world's leading SEO practitioners. We interview a mix of in-house SEO leads from the world's biggest brands and SEO thought leaders, many from leading search technology brands, plus the world's foremost SEO educators. They'll all be lifting the hood on their own SEO journey, as well as sharing the tips and tricks behind how the best and brightest minds in SEO go about their trade of dominating the SERP. SEO nerds, this one's for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of SEO Success Stories. My name is Russ McCumber. I am host of this podcast. We're here every two weeks to talk to the world's leading SEOs. Today, I've got Ryan McCready from Reforge. G'day, Ryan. How's it going? Doing really well. Doing well. You're looking fresh considering what you just mentioned about the uh, new site going live. That's always such a... We might come to that, actually. Yeah. As I mentioned, we talk to the world's leading minds in SEO every two weeks, and I do ask them one question to open up every episode. So I'm going to hit you with this, Ryan, then we'll get into some proper how do you do's. What is the number one biggest challenge in SEO in 2023? If you asked me this probably six months ago, I'd have a different answer. But with how chaotic Google has been with their updates, I think predicting what they're going to do next is going to be the biggest challenge because you could in the past really be like, oh, they're done for a while. But I feel like they've been like tweaking the algorithms every single week. It's been really good for Reforge because our content is really highly, highly produced. We've got experts writing. We've got all this experience. We check all the EAT boxes and the new EEAT boxes. So it's been great for us, but I know that a lot of SEOs are struggling with ranking changes because the things that they've done in the past, the hacks, the tricks, all that aren't as fruitful as they have been. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. The last six months of this year, Google has just gone laser focused on content, 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 even adding that extra E. Yeah. Is, it seems like a pretty clear reactive boot to the new site's AI-driven mountains of copy yeah. experience, you know, that's, it's interesting times. But yeah, good content is is going to win. So you're yeah. in a good place if you're, if you're really happy with your content and your content team. For sure. Yeah, we were just chatting about it last week or two weeks ago. And I just was like, I'm not worried about AI coming for our content because the content that we produce comes from these experts that have been doing it for 10, 20 years. And they're pulling stuff from their brain that doesn't exist anywhere else. And honestly, like, I'm kind of excited for everyone to turn to AI because our content will just continue to be above that. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay. I want to, I want to uh, circle back. There's a big conversation to be had around, you know, that and that, like if anyone from Google's listening to this, and I'm sure they all are because it's a really <laughs> good podcast, they're probably all just going, well, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> so let's talk, Ryan, about yourself. What we're going to get into, I, I want to find out a bit about yourself, how you got to where you are now, some of the people you met along the way who helped you get here and talk a bit about marketing and how you sort of stumbled into this. Cause I know you did mention before we jumped on there that you, you came from a, a different background. And then I want to hear about Reforge before I jump on these. I always like to jump into SEMrush and the like, and it's one of those graphs, which is, would make someone like yourself very proud. So I'd love to hear a bit about how you've gone about putting that together, but let's start at the start. What was your first marketing gig? I would say my first professional marketing gig was working right out of college. I built 
a website basically because I'm like, I don't want to go work for, I went to an SEC school and just basically everyone that worked there would go work for Walmart corporate office or JB Hunt or all these giant companies or Raytheon in Dallas. And I'm like, I don't want to go do that ever. I'm not a office type of person. I've been remote my entire career now, but I'm like, I, that's, that's not my path. So I'm like, I started just working with tech companies in Kansas City, consulting for that. And then I built kind of my own tech review site um, for the first year or two out of college and scaled that up by myself to like pretty, pretty substantial for a single person review site. And now looking back, I'm like, why did I stop that? I could have built that so much further. And I just got to yeah. a point where I was tired of it. And I'm like, yeah. I need to do something else. And I just let the domain expire. But like looking back, I'm like, you giant idiot. That could have been your freelance gig or that could have been your gig for a while. And I just got tired of building it because I didn't know enough about the longevity and how hard it really is to build this stuff. So that was my first kind of like professional gig. Um, and then from there, I went and worked for a YC company for a couple months and it just wasn't a great fit. They they knew they wanted marketing, but they needed a marketing team, not a single marketer. And then I ended up at Vengage. And I was there for five years and it was where I learned so much about marketing. We had such a strong team. I was like employee, I think number seven or eight, I forget the actual number and just being scrappy and figuring everything out. We weren't VC funded. We were building up against Canva and other, I mean, Adobe and Canva were some of our bigger competitors and they had billions in their war chest. So just figuring out how to how to steal that market share from them when they had unlimited dollars to spend to steal it from us, basically. And that kind of led me to Reforge. I find that really interesting coming out of like coming out of college, everyone's going to go get the safe job. You're like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to just try something out for myself. I love that. And then moving to a business where you're one of the early starters. This is a conversation I often get, I I do keynote speaking, all sorts of stuff. And often it's sometimes it's in front of, you know, people who are just about to graduate. And there's always, I quite often get that question of, you know, do I take the established path with a really clear career growth trajectory and, uh, you know, all of the benefits and everything that are really important to me? Or yeah. do I go work for like a startup? And obviously I'm I'm uh, from a startup over here. So I'm like, come work for me. You know, so, yeah. you know, there's so much more you can do. How do you think that's helped you in your career? Like what, what are some of the key things that you picked up from working as employee number? What was it? I was, I think seven, actually. I yeah. was like a third marketer hired. It was me, Nadia and Sarah and we were hacking on it for a while and then the marketing team expanded and just continued to grow. I think when I left here at like 50 or 60 people, which is really good for a fully revenue funded company. I mean, I'm very proud with how much we built without taking any investor money. Yeah. So what were like some of the things that, because you know, you work, you go to work for Walmart where your friends or whoever, you know, went to work and they're in the marketing team and they're giving one very specific, tiny little cog inside a bigger cog and a much bigger machine. What were some of the things that were thrown at you? What what was some of the stuff you did in that gig? Everything. I mean, we did, by the time I left, I probably touched everything there. I did paid for a couple quarters. I built our landing pages. I mean, it just made me a jack of all trades. And that's that's Mm. why I think I've really fit well at Reforge. It's like, we are scrappy and we're building something great, but you have to have a ton of skills and know how to just like jump into things. And I think that's, one of the biggest things that Vengage taught me is just being okay with jumping into the unknown and like figuring it out as you go. And we've had to do that a lot at Reforge because just it's it's a whole new it's a whole new growth kind of 
path that we're taking. So figuring all that out has been really interesting and it, it kind of fits my brain. Like I like doing that work. I like figuring out how things work and fixing them and building processes and then doing it again in another whole sector. Are you recruiting? Is that part of your remit, like building the team out? Not right now. I, I'm guessing eventually when like I have to take a step back from doing everything SEO. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably have to recruit someone to just help me out, but not right now. I think I can handle most of it. I guess I'm just curious because, you know, that sort of scrappiness, like what would you be looking for in someone else? Because I've hired people who have, I'll be honest, like I've hired people who've had like some big shiny logos on their resume being like, oh, cool, work there, yeah. Yeah, come work for me. And then you come in and you try to throw a bunch of things at them and like, whoa, 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 I do this. Yeah. And that sits outside my PD. So like I've even had people go, so let's have a conversation about how we can expand my PD and my salary. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. That was a poor choice on my part, but what would you be looking out for for to not get that sort of person? Oh man, that's that's so tough. I think I think some of the best people that I've worked with or recruited or brought onto the companies in the past have just been like people I made friends with on in like the marketing communities because like I can pick their brain without really like or I can see their work ethic, I can see all that stuff while they're at other companies and be like, hey, you're gonna come work for us or something like yeah. that. It's yeah. a lot easier to kind of I've told people this like. All of the jobs that I've had have been through like friendships that I've made, like people, like kind of like how we got, we got uh, introduced, like it was just a friend, like you should talk to me. And that's how basically I've built my entire career is just going from one thing to another of just people being like, you need to talk to this, this person. And if someone comes to me, someone that I trust and says, you need to talk to this person, I'll trust them. I'll give them a chance. I'll talk to this new person. And nine times out of 10, it's a good, it's a good fit. That's really interesting. The contrarian podcast, contrarian marketer, Kevin Indig yeah. and Eli, yeah. they just did one on personal branding. And what I found interesting was, because what you're talking about really is, like that's personal branding in, you know, in a different way. It's not getting out there and having a logo and all sorts of stuff. It's yeah. just the fact that you're authentic. You dig talking about marketing. People, you know, get that you're a genuine person. So, hey, meet this person. Like that's a classic, you know, not that you don't know a lot, but you know, that's a classic who you know really helps. If what you know can back it up, then even better. Yeah, I feel like that's it's 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 all about who you know, and then if you if you know your shit, like it becomes even easier. Like if you know your stuff, it's like even a accelerator. Because just I saw that this time last year, just when I was leaving my previous position. Once people found out I was leaving, it turned into a crazy a crazy couple of weeks of interviews and stuff like that. And just Reforge really came in at the last the last kind of bit of that. I'm just like, oh my god, this is a perfect fit for me. Yeah. And, worked out great since early on before you got to reforge who were the, some of the people that you looked up to like that really helped guide your path what made you go down the content and, and seo route so i can answer the second question first and then i'll i'll talk about who really inspired me so made me go down the content path i've always been a great writer i can churn out i mean writing comes so easily writing is as easy as talking like if you see any of my content, it has like my voice. I use my colloquialisms. It just comes out of me very easily. So I feel like content was always going to be part of my job, mm -hmm. uh, part of just what I enjoyed doing. And then when I was at Vengage, uh, Eugene, our founder, came to Nadia in the early days. And like, this is right when SEO was like becoming a thing for SaaS companies. And he's like, I want you to figure out SEO. Nadia had no experience about it, anything. And she's like, okay. And she just went nose to the grindstone, figured out everything. And then when she brought me and Sarah on, she just kind of taught us everything. 
that she learned. And then it kind of just, we were doing SEO stuff, everything. A lot of our acquisition was SEO for up until probably now, I'm guessing there are a lot of their acquisition is SEO. So we just kind of went full, full bore into everything SEO and yeah. learned as we could. So in terms of influences, was that, was that, was it? Oh, yes, yeah. Okay. She's, she's a great, she's just a very strong leader. And she was the one that also was very, Hey, go figure it out and gave you a lot of room to figure it out instead of like, Hey, do this one thing. And that's your job. Hey, we need to move this lever, figure it out. And that just has, has really helped me throughout my entire career of just figuring things out. Cause like, if you can figure things out, you're going to thrive at whatever company you land at. Like if you can go in and just be like, Oh, we need to do X, Y, Z because ABC really quickly. They've been like, Oh, of course then then you're you're super valuable in the beginning rand was a big influence too and he's still just such a such a powerful voice in the industry and i think i think he's really built kind of like a positive spin on marketing like there's a lot of influencers that are that prey on some of the new people in marketing and i never think rand has ever done that i think he's been a really smart marketer and then recently so she has left, she was our old CMO, but just Joanna Lord, she's just like the best person you'll ever meet in marketing. She's yeah. super kind. She's very smart. She knows how to motivate. She's just, she brought such a positive influence to every part of the marketing team. And she just taught me a lot about like leading with kindness, I think, and how much that can take you. So very recently, she's become big influence on kind of my approach that's great. Those people are so important. Like leading with kindness, leading with heart, leading as a human. Sometimes as a human, you have to make, you have to have hard conversations. You have to have, you know, make hard decisions. But, you know, if you've built that, that relationship bridge and people know you care about them, exactly, it actually makes it easier. Like it just makes it easier to, and it makes the whole interaction so much more comfortable. 100%. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Yeah. On Rand, I think one thing that I've always loved about Rand is that especially like if you're on LinkedIn a bit or Twitter, like it's it's just an echo chamber of one person says something, let's all just re let's all just give our view on that. Yeah. Or, you know, whether it's that concept, that new tactic, that new hack, that new channel, whatever it is. And let's just either repeat what others are saying, give a tiny little tweak on it. But Rand seems to come, it's like he comes from another planet. He'll just go, boom, here it is. Yeah. Something completely different you hadn't thought about. That's what I love about him as a, you know, someone to follow. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I've kind of modeled a little bit of my approach with those topics because I am contrarian as they come. I hate every new fad, every new whatever. One of my big tweets that blew up last year was like, remember when voice search was the biggest thing, the big yeah. next thing? Now it's like Alexa is basically a money pit for Amazon. And then that's that's kind of how I feel about AI. Like, And that's how I felt about Bitcoin and all these different different kind of like next big thing. I'm like... We'll see in three years and in three mm. years, still not, still not mainstream. It's funny that voice search, I was one of the five years ago, I was on a podcast. We were talking about voice search is the <laughs> next big thing. And uh, no, with the whole, you know, AI and bots and all that sort of stuff. Cause I, my background, my first foray into marketing was copywriting. I did that for 10 years. So I'm a big, not just an advocate. I just don't think it can be done anywhere near to the same level by no. any type of machine. So, and I'm, and, and it's going to take a lot of convincing to convince me otherwise yeah i think it's i think it's good for i mean i love typing random things into it like we had autumn 
my boss had yesterday asked to write a Christmas Carol for Reforge. And it was the funniest thing we've seen in a while. But like, other than that, it's been, it's so generic that it's not useful. Like, yeah, it can knock out a cover letter, but it's going to look like every other cover letter that you've ever seen. And I think your boss, like putting that, they, I don't know what was exactly in the query, like in the instructions, but from what I've seen, and I've had to play with it as well. Like it's all, I mean, it's like anything, a bad brief <laughs> creates bad yeah. content, you know, yeah. bad creative, whatever it is. It's going to take a human brain, that spark of actual imagination to make anything decent of these things. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's talk about Reforge. So when you first started there, what was the situation in terms of SEO? Had they prioritized it? Did they have anyone in charge of it? I'm just shaking with this is just audio at this point. So they can't oh. see you shaking your head. So no. okay. big, big no. When I came in, there had been no investment in it at all. Okay. And even, even my first couple months there, there hadn't been investment because they actually hired me to be a managing editor, which was more like a content marketing manager where I would lead content and stuff like that and help our expert stuff. And then in the interview, we didn't talk about SEO at all. Like they didn't even know I had a super deep background in SEO and now I do everything SEO. So it's just, it's funny how much can change in six or eight months. And I really didn't do we haven't ran like a real SEO strategy yet here, like a full in-depth, like if you were from another company and saw just like, just because we've had so many other things to do, it hasn't been a priority. It hasn't, it, we've been, we've been building out pages and blog posts and stuff like that. that are like SEO friendly, but nothing's been like SEO driven. And that was by design. It's not like we were trying to do that. And we got to only, we just didn't have the pieces in place. We wanted to wait until we got the new website out. Everything was built a lot more. Mm-hmm. Our site architecture is so much better now. So things are, things just make sense. But we kind of wanted to wait till everything was squared away with our technical debt too, before we invested in a lot of SEO stuff. And really the first, like, I don't even want to call it a strategy. It was like a sprint that we ran back in September. It did so well, so fast that like accelerated our plans for like the next SEO strategy, which I knew, I knew it would like, it was, it was, it was very sound. We just had never invested and we had never pushed SEO as this is how you do it. This is how you optimize SEO content because we've always been expert first. We've always been thought leadership, all that stuff. And it's been more like, how do we like layer a little bit of SEO on top of this thought leadership from this brilliant person and product. And it never really matches up, especially because Reforge, I would say, is known for making up a lot of new frameworks that don't exist, like growth loops, stuff like that, the race car framework. And people aren't searching for that. So like, we're never going to, they're never going to find that through search, but we also can invest in other ways that they can get on page. Tell me about like the content strategy or the content planning that was that was in place. Or was that part of your remit to get in there and go, okay, well, let's organize our planning and our production. Like what was to go there? Yeah, it was mostly like we wanted to 2X our content production, which as you know, anytime, and as I know, any any place you come and the goal is to double, to triple, to quadruple, to hit a hundred posts a month. Yep. Yep. It never really works out. I was kind of, I was kind of like, yeah, we can try this. We want to see, we kind of wanted to pressure test how much we could produce and prove that more is not better and prove that very quickly and kind of transitioned into what's next, but we still had to support all of our experts and our EIRs and stuff like that that are producing content. So that's where a lot of our EIR? 
oh, sorry, EIRs are executives and residents, and they're like people who lead our programs and build our programs, and they're like the very smart people that make Reforge Reforge. We should probably just take a moment to explain what Reforge is, I think, just yes. so we can get an understanding of who the contributors are, how they've got yeah. this unique, you know, these unique viewpoints. And Yeah, so Reforge started five or so years ago with Brian Belfour and Andrew Chen. They launched, I think it was Growth Series was the first one, and it's basically how, how to grow your tech company and learning all these frameworks and stuff like that. And over the past five years, we've expanded, I think we're at 18 programs in the last cohort. Might, there might be even even more than that. I've, I've lost track. But each program is for product and growth people. And it's led, it's their four-week or six-week uh, cohorts. We also have all this content available whenever you want. But most people like our cohorts that are led by the EIRs and the program partners. So the executive and residents, it could be somebody that came from VP of product at Imperfect Foods or um, Elena Verna, who is, I think, VP of product at Amplitude right now. So they are your leaders of each program and they help produce it with the program partners. And they're just, it's like the most in-depth stuff. And even as a marketer, I learn stuff all the time from these frameworks and it just blows my mind how well produced and how smart some of this content is. Cause like you can read a framework and you're like, my entire working life has been a lie. I could have <laughs> been, been using this. I could have been yeah. doing this. Like it's, it's, a, it's incredible. It'll, it'll change if you're in product growth marketing. We also have an engineering course that people love. Um, so if you're in any of those, I would definitely check it out. And if you don't want to take, like I said, a whole program, you can, access the content whenever you want. So with that in mind, and into, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to piece it all a bit together now. It makes, it, I mean, it makes a sense that quanti quality over quantity is going to be much more important from a content yeah. perspective and SEO perspective as well, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's kind of what, as we're going into 2023, we're, we're splitting our content engine into three sectors. Um, back before this, every piece of content tried to do too many things. It would try to be an acquisition piece of content and try to be a brand building and try to be XYZ. We'd have to use it in our newsletter. So it just, it was doing too much. And now we've delineated what each piece of content can do. And it gives us a lot more, a lot more room to like make it optimize for that goal instead of just like, well, it could be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And when you do a little bit of everything, you do a lot of nothing. So Giving, giving us these lanes, and I've always been like a giant fan of like putting your content in lanes makes it so much easier to one, produce, and then two, to, two to distribute it. So That's very cool. Yeah. So that, what's really interesting is we've spoken a fair bit about how SEO wasn't part of the conversation. It's, it's you know, thought leadership content. It's brand new uh, yeah. ideas. It's innovation. But then, like I mentioned at the start, if you look at your SEMrush graph going like that, like it's still clearly, it's still clearly worked. So... Is that something that you guys champion or monitor internally or? Oh yeah, I, I'm, on, I'm on AREFs and Google Search Console probably like four or five times a day, just checking everything I just checked. So probably what you're seeing in that growth is our, that that test I told you about that we ran back in September, just like ah uh, yes, yep. taking off. We basically yep. produced 14 pieces of very, very well produced, high quality, content on 14 different keywords that fit in the product space and they just 
caught fire. Like, like I was, I was expecting us to start seeing results probably end of October. And we saw them like two weeks later, like we were starting to see things ranking and moving up. And I'm pretty sure if I had to take a guess, it's because one, it's amazing content and it, (laughs) and it kind of like, it's that contrarian take of like, no, you don't have to do it. Like everyone else says in the exact same articles that are ranking for a product strategy framework or what is a product vision or whatever. It's not that it's, it's coming directly from these experts that we've worked with for so long and it fits in our, in our product expertise. Cause like I, if you look like I would say Google views reforge as experts in product and growth. So anything we publish underneath those two umbrellas ranks relatively quickly. And it's just, it goes back to that, that, that eat stuff that we've, that we've been so good at in the past is now helping us right now. Yeah. And it's interesting. So in terms of, I've also pulled up Ahrefs and I can see like a bunch of, you know, like the growth loops piece, this North Star metric growth series, um, those types of pieces, you know, acquiring a, a large volume of links really regularly. That's all yeah. natural or you're proactive as well? Like building, yeah, it's it's all all proactive, which is which is really helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. what's crazy about that test that we did the in September, the fourteen pages, haven't touched them at all since we did it. They've just been doing their own thing. We haven't done link building, no really internal link updating, that kind of stuff. We kind of just left it alone because we wanted to see what happened and kind of prove that we don't have to do link building. I, th- I think that's a it's a good it's a good test to prove that, and also like we I mentioned Eli Schwartz before, like product led SEO. This is like this the classic epitome of product led SEO. Yeah. Build a, an amazing product, build it really really well. You've got even though you, you haven't come at it from an SEO perspective, clearly there's some SEO you know best practice in there as well. But that's like very much in the back seat, and what's you know front seat is the viewpoint of the writer and and that framework that they're putting together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna have some powerful growth in twenty. I guess it's twenty twenty three. I've also said twenty twenty two. So, what do you think? What, where do you see? I mean, you did that little test in September. Is there a plan to put in place like a like a, a robust strategy that sits behind? Right. I understand the content's always going to come first, and you've got that content strategy, but just something behind that to you know tidy up around the edges a bit. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the stuff that we learned in that test is kind of fueling one of those sectors that I talked about earlier. One of the things that I learned at Vengage that we used was we had a hybrid content strategy or a hybrid content push is what we'd call it. And it would be very high level thought leadership that tackles those those keywords. So one of the best examples that I had a part in was like our yearly gap graphic design trends article. Mm-hmm. And it would be a link magnet because people would link to it, all that stuff. It would still rank number one. We'd get a ton of traffic from it. It didn't convert super well, but then we could use all those guest posts to sneak in all of our really boring links. So stuff to like timeline templates and stuff like that. And I have a feeling that we're going to use something similar to that here, just because one of the sectors is going to be very thought leadership driven and it'll still tie back to all of our product uh, content. Yep. So inter- intertwining that those links to some of the less exciting content with our very high level thought leadership will drive a lot of good traffic and a lot of good referral traffic back to some of the some of the more technical pieces. 
Got you. I want to get into Vox Pop in a moment. Before we get there, though, you, you, you have just launched a new site. What's that process been like? I, I did a bit like 600 odd pages index, so it's it's not a small site. So what's that process been like? How long did it take? Did you hit your launch date? Like, what's that been like? So we hit our secondary launch date. We were going to okay. launch in October, yep. but we were, were going through kind of just like a, it's not a reorg, but kind of just like making sure everything's lined up for 2023 so we decided to push it back but we hit we actually were going to launch it on the 21st and we launched it on two days early just because we wanted more time to like fix anything that broke and stuff like that before everyone went off for the holidays so that process has been almost my entire time here i've been doing small things that have led up to that in july or august i basically audited the entire site down to like each script on each page, making sure, trying to figure out why it was there. Because before me and Autumn and some of the other people on the marketing team joined, it was just ran by Brian. Like he would just throw things up on the blog. Brian, our founder, Brian Balfour, he would just throw things up on the blog or people would publish it without a care in the world. They would throw scripts up. They would do all that stuff. So just figuring out all these things that people have done and who owned them and why they're there and why do we have a script that's running that's not connected to anything. That took a long time. And I know and it's it's on Squarespace. Was the old site Squarespace as well? Yes. So yep. we're it was on 7.0 and we needed to move it to 7.1 because just some of our future plans, we didn't want to build out a whole new website, a whole new custom website for a little while longer. So this is just kind of like buying us some time for a while without having to completely rebuild something from scratch. Well, it's a beautiful looking site. So that's reforge.com. Awesome. Ryan, thanks so much for sharing your your history and your journey and some of the really cool stuff you've been able to do there at Reforge. Now, what we take all our guests through is our Vox Pop. So I'm just going to fire some rapid fire questions at you. And if you could just answer them. First thing that comes to mind, as I say it to you. Yeah. Yep, hit me. Which previous Google algo chain still keeps you up at night? Is it bad to say every one that's happened in the last three months? Um, I don't think so. It's like it's been uh, it's been chaotic. That's fine. Helpful content has been weird because it was supposed to be so much bigger than it was, and then it might have been. We just haven't seen the ramifications yet. So I'll say helpful content 1.0 that came out in in the summer. Uh, gun to your head. Which do you prefer, content or links? content for sure because great content drives links uh what's your favorite non-obvious software tool that you use every day to either research or execute that's tough i would say before it went off the rails twitter a lot of my ideas Mm. would come from just like seeing something weird happen like when i was when i was writing all my like thought leadership stuff last year it was just like that's weird why are they doing that and then i'd go down a rabbit hole and a whole article would come out of that like my grammarly article i wrote last year was just because i was like why are they running ads on misspellings of words and then it went down the rabbit hole and found out this massive strategy that they built out uh what's the most effective link building technique that you've used honestly great content like write great content and you don't have to worry about selling links, to, selling quote unquote links to people, not actually selling them. But like, if you just write something amazing, I want to write a guest post for you or I want to do something like that. People are like, yeah, this is amazing. This is great data. Or if you just build, I think I think people sleep on the on the partner building and like the friendship building that we talked about last earlier. 
of like, if you have a lot of friends in the industry, it's a lot easier to just be like, hey, you want to write a guest post for us? We'll write one for you. Totally. That relationship building. Love it. Is the skyscraper technique still relevant today? No. And I have a funny story about that. When I saw that, I'm like, I have to tell this story. Yeah. So when I was interviewing before I came to Reforge earlier, earlier this year, one hotshot founder asked me if I knew what the skyscraper technique was. And I'm like, I haven't heard that in like five years. And he like took me not knowing, not like immediately reacting to that as like, Oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm, and then he's like, yeah. I, want to, I want you to do a, what's it called? An assignment. And I did it and like blew him away. And I'm, and then they, they're like, Oh, we want to hire you so bad. I'm like, no, you guys freaked out about me not reacting correctly to the skyscraper technique that has been outdated for five years now. What do you love most about SEO? Two things. A lot of the people in this industry, the real people, not the influencer people are great. Uh, and then two, just like for my brain, I enjoy figuring out why things work, why somebody did that, why this isn't working, how you can kind of build something new to fix what wasn't working. Like just figuring it all out. There's so many things that you can do and so many new techniques that you can try. It's a rewarding spot to be. How do you apply SEO principles to your daily life? Oh, Jesus. I don't even know how to answer that. Probably just like the rigidity of some processes that I've built in SEO. Just being very okay with ambiguity for a while is good. And then, oh, this is something I, I shared a couple of weeks ago. It was like, SEO is kind of like weightlifting. You won't be able to bench 225 on your first week, but if you do this prescribed thing, if you, do, if you follow this plan like you would with an SEO plan, in six weeks, you might be able to do it. But if you just be like, no, I can't do it today, I guess I'm never going to do it. Then the same thing with SEO. You got to invest for a while before you'll see massive results. I love it. That's kind of a really good example of growth mindset too. Just yep. a little bit of growth. Yet, we'll get there. We will get there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Work from home life or office life or hybrid life? What's your preference? So I've been remote for nine, ten years now. Jeez. And I love remote, but I do wish we had an office just because it's fun around the holidays and stuff like that to be to be around all your coworkers every year. Ben Gage would fly me up, even though I was the only remote person for all of our holiday parties. And it was just like such great team building and we'd have a yearly a yearly summer retreat with the entire company and just like that's that's how that company was built by a bunch of friends. Like we we I still talk to my Vengage friends every single day. That's and cool. it's just, that's, that's, that's something that I think some remote companies are missing. I could go on about that because we, I'm, we're hybrid and I'm just big on the connections and the relationships you build together. Yeah. You're part of something like it just feels more, I don't know, there's just a stickiness. There's a, there's a, you feel it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I feel like my, my thought is like, you'll, you'll do more for a friend if yeah. they ask you to do something than just like, oh, another thing that my boss that, I don't really know much about is asking me to do, but if it was just like, Hey, can you do this real quick for me? When you've already signed up, you're like, sure, whatever. When could you know you're helping your friend out instead of just like checking a box? Uh, SEMRAS or HREFs? HREFs for sure. I've been using it my entire career. I'm friends with Tim. I think they have built a great company and I'm very impressed with all of their content that they put out and just how they how they make it easy without it being scammy for like new people to jump into SEO. So yep. I, I'm a big fan of them. Agency versus in-house versus combo. What's your preference? 
that is a that is a very complicated question. I have a very complicated answer, but I will I will keep it short. I will say I think combo is good when you have smart people on your team that can rein in the agency or manage the agency because some some agencies will come in and just be like volume, 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 volume. We're going after these because they have a high volume, and you're like, eh, they don't really fit what we're looking for. But the agencies can also like be a great superpower where if it's a one person, two person team, you can ask them to do the heavy lifting of the research and the auditing and the building out the dashboards and all those things that you need to do. They just haven't been prioritized because you have a hundred other things to do. So like I'm a big fan of combo as long as you have like the right people on your team to keep to keep your company vision really front of mind for the agency. If it's just like something that's like, sure, sure, follow the agency, follow the agency. I think that's when things break down because you kind of need someone to check them. And if you don't have that, then it's not as effective. But if you do, you could, it's just like a superpower. And that's, that's kind of what we have over here. We're working with a great agency that, that does, that just supercharges everything that we can do. If it was just me, it would take a lot longer, but they give us a lot of help on kind of the, the down and dirty work that, that needs to be done, but we don't have enough people to do it. And from an agency perspective, Combo, like it's it, because then you become part of their marketing team. They've got a little marketing team, you want, and, you, and we have those calls. And I always talk to our staff about how much fun those calls are because we're it's a dialogue, it's a conversation. We're helping each other out. It's not just us making assumptions exactly. and having someone who's disengaged at that end going, "Oh, you're the SEO guy." Like, oh, yeah. I, I kind of would much prefer a conversation. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's where it breaks down when you're like, "Oh, you're the SEO people. Figure it out." You kind of need someone that said. Yeah, it's kind of what we want, but remember mm-hmm. that our goal is this. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, of course." And it just changes a little bit of their mindset, and then you're you're all in the right, you're all heading in the right direction. Awesome, Ryan. Thank you so much. That was a great conversation. How is the best way for people to reach out to you? you mentioned Twitter, LinkedIn. Where should people find Ryan McCready? Twitter is hanging by a thread on if I'm ever going to use it again, just because okay. I get it just has been so chaotic. But I would I would recommend just follow me on LinkedIn. Yep, cool. I follow you on LinkedIn. I love content marketers who do personal content, you know, content marketing for their own profiles. So definitely look up Ryan. Thank you again. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, that's it. That's another one for 2023. We're actually in 2022. By the time you hear this, it'll be 2023. <laughs> but uh, that's been SEO Success Stories. If you've enjoyed it, please, as we always say, get on, write us a review. We are on an Apple podcast review push at the moment. So if you're listening on an Apple device, just it's really easy. Get in there. Give it some five stars. You don't even need to write anything, but it would be nice if you wrote a little message. But uh, otherwise, that's it for SEO Success Stories for today. Uh, We'll be back in your ears again in two weeks' time. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Ryan. Awesome. Thank you so much.